Hello, friends. It's that time again. Today's going to be a particularly curious ride because I am on Percocet. Have you ever been on? You, we've discussed this. You've not been. You had a chance yeah. to try Percocet and you said no. Right. I got to the parking lot of the pharmacy and I said, this could lead down the wrong road. So I can see I, where you were. You, yeah. So we were talking earlier. I got it. I had a blood. I guess my whole leg is a blood clot. Uh, anyway, have you ever had a blood clot? No. It hurts like a motherfucker. I mean, I've like unbelievable amount of pain. Mm. That's not the point of the story. <laughs> Percocet, and I i don't know if other people have been on it, Just you just don't give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, But it's not like a grumpy don't give a shit. It's like yeah. a absolute euphoric don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, I'm in <laughs> debilitating pain. <laughs> Honey, I'm in debilitating pain. I mean, it's like... Your nonverbals are all off and shit, and you just yeah. don't care. Yeah, and it, it kind of looks like your stream of thought didn't care either because you forgot to welcome our guest and oh, yeah. say hi. Dude, and all I told that. you. I said it's going to be strange. All yeah. right, so this is Greg. I'm supposed to be driving today. Good luck. <laughs> so, so I don't mean to cut your story uh, story short there. Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, it works out for you. Man. <laughs> so I could kind of see where your small talk would go today if we tried that. Uh, uh, to our viewers who are considering Percocet, the downside is profound constipation. So <laughs> profound, profound. <laughs> so don't get too excited about it because I will not be renewing my prescription. <laughs> I will be taking it, but I will not be renewing it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, good luck to you, Greg. Hope this episode goes well as you try to keep this thing. Yeah. In some direction. Well, yeah, and uh, I want to tie in a couple of thoughts that you've brought up before. Uh, one that was uh, helpful in my own life 15 years ago, but uh, it has to do with being present. Like you mentioned the idea of the work-life balance, and we talk about that actually in our Becoming Man-Made course a lot. Um, so we want to be present at home, present at work, but it's more than that, you know, present throughout our day. Uh, just a mindful awareness of where we are, who we are, and what we're doing. But then also you brought up this idea of where does your mind go in unoccupied moments? So like, what are you thinking about when you don't have something to think about? God, you know? you're telling me this conversation we had 15 fucking years ago. <laughs> Dude, you take just... Anyway, all right, keep going here. All right. So uh, so that that's the problem. So... If, if you're not present in a situation, it's one thing to just be thinking about a sporting event or just something on your mind. But if it takes you somewhere negative, somewhere that questions your, your, who you are or what your purpose is, I mean, that could be detrimental. And this is what I want you to, to talk about some today. It's like if we drift off from being present in the moment and then our mind goes somewhere else and causes us to, to feel... Um, perhaps a victim of our circumstances or, uh, or that we need to handle everything um, or that there's someone to blame. You know, we just start getting in that little triangle of, I don't know, negative thoughts that just really abandon the notion of, of understanding who we are and what our purpose is. And so we have to shift out of that back to being present there. I didn't mean to dump all that at once, but I just want to give you some, some space to talk in yeah, about that. that. <laughs> I could have used that on Monday, bro. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that would have been useful. Uh, anyway, okay. 
So you can start off with the idea, how do we get, how do we stay present, you know, and how, what caused us to drift? Well, it may be a little bit of a distinction, right, from present to one of the areas that, you know, I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and, you know, cognitions, your thoughts lead to behaviors and then create a system that reinforces itself. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what you're talking about, and this is a, your triangle, uh, hero, victim, never villain. Um, I don't know if you thought you coined that. Did you think? No. I oh, okay, good. <laughs> <That's like, laughs> have you been out there like taking credit for that, bro? No, no. <laughs> no, okay. Just kidding. I knew you didn't. Um, but there's several versions of that, but that's that's a fairly simple one. But someone can be present, right, and just have a completely skewed perspective of reality. That's one of so that's one of the uh, attempts of cognitive behavioral therapy in particular would be to unpack some of those distorted perspectives that are leading to whatever dissatisfaction uh, a person experiences. I think we've, we've talked about this before that the clinical definition of a delusion, right, is a non-bizarre false belief. Could be true. Oh, okay, yeah. It's but just not, right? <laughs> okay, all right. Now, that's different than psychotic, right? Psychotic is, I ain't never going to be true. You right, know, right. I'm Jesus and I can fly, right? That's psychotic. But delusions are much simpler than that. Non-bizarre false beliefs could be true. It's just not. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it's interesting because the hero, victim, never the villain I mean, it's incredibly useful because where we typically, where it gained some some widespread popularity was the orientation of a narcissist. The orientation of a narcissist is 100% of the time, I'm the hero or I'm the victim, but I'm never the villain. Okay. Nothing is ever my fault. Okay. And you'll see that in conversations with a narcissist because if you ever confront a narcissist, and not just narcissists, but I mean, if you ever see this, mm-hmm. it's it's like playing a carnival game, right? Okay. Motherfucker's rigged. <laughs> and if you confront them and say to what they would hear, you have been a villain. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. I'm the true victim here. Yeah. And they will flip that around so quickly to where they're playing the part of the victim, right? Mm-hmm. And casting you in the role of the villain. Now, I know this goes a little bit beyond the scope of what we're talking about, and we'll we'll reel it back in, but I think it's an important distinction because if I start to play the victim, right? No, Greg... <laughs> I, I don't know. How could you say that to, after all I've done for you, everything that I've been and you, whatever, right? <clears throat> the average person, that's going to hijack their empathy, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of the sudden you see me playing the role of the victim and then you're comforting me. Mm-hmm. 
oh, Jeff, I didn't, uh, man, I didn't, uh, you're right. I, I didn't think that through clearly. I, I, mm. man, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you, whatever that was. That's like a little ball, ball scratcher of the week. Um, <laughs> But but some of those, as we're talking about this, I think it's important that we just maintain that distinction is that you can be fully present and you can be fully delusional. Oh, right, right. Non-bizarre false beliefs. You're just not seeing things mm. the way that they really are. Yeah. And that's most of us. <laughs> right, most of right, us see right. ourselves and see the world the way that we want to. And if we see it as a victim, Life's not fair. Nothing ever works out for me. This is so hard. It shouldn't be this way. That sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? We're gaining something out of that. Mm-hmm. Usually it's individual responsibility. I don't have to take any. Yeah, yeah. You know, when the game's rigged and it's just unfair, nobody knows what it's like for me, and it's just yeah. so hard. And I I try so hard, and, <laughs> but Johnny did it. Look at John. I hate Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> That sort of victim thinking is just not useful. Yeah. So how do you find a, a, a healthy zone in there, you know, to where you take responsibility? That's something that we try to do and we've trained our kids. So you take that responsibility, but you don't want to try to be the hero, you know, and, and fall into that negative pattern. Well, and you're not, right? You're no hero. I'm no hero. Every now and then, blind squirrel finds a nut, okay, right? Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. if you're thinking that you're always adding value uh-huh. and you're never fucking things up, you're the problem, okay? <laughs> right, right. So um, for those of you who are like, well, I don't ever do that, you're the ones that do it and should probably order the program. <laughs> um, be aware of that. There's a, have you ever heard of Jocko Walinko? Mm-mm. Oh, dude, he is fucking high speed, man. <laughs> a buddy of mine that I'm, we're gonna I'm gonna have on the show who just has a he's a former Marine and he's got a um, amazing story. Anyway, Jocko is a Navy SEAL, just high speed badass, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> so Rocky, my friend, who's you, our listeners will meet. We were talking about Jocko and. I was like, dude, if I met him, man, I think I'd just like evaporate. Like I'd be so intimidated. <laughs> yeah. And Rocky, <laughs> Rocky, and Rocky's a beast, man. Mm-hmm. This dude's an animal. <laughs> Rocky goes, I'd try to choke him out. <laughs> That's my first move. And I'm like, well, see, Rocky, you could have that thought. I can't have that right, thought. Right. I can, I would think, suck your thumb and like in, be invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jocko had a, pretty significant failure in the military and the special forces. He wrote a book. He's known for what he calls ruthless responsibility, which Mm -hmm. is his, the, his admonition is assume everything's your fault. Mm -hmm. Assume everything in your life is your fault. You know, if something, if something is bad, assume that it is your fault. Mm -hmm. And that is incredibly useful Mm -hmm. because Blame, right, puts oh. me in a position of powerlessness. Yeah, yeah. When I say this is your fault, then I've given up power. Mm-hmm. And that's easy for us as guys, especially in our intimate relationships, right? Blame the bitch. Okay. <laughs> and, but then it puts us in a position of, of powerlessness. Yeah, yeah. But if I say, okay, this is my fault, 
now I have some power. I have something that I can change. Mm-hmm. I have something that I can focus on. Then, then I really have, then I have infinite number of options mm-hmm. to try to make a difference. Yeah. And if something goes wrong, embrace it. He does this. If, if I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, have listened to him, but I mean, dude, he is so freaking intense. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this one YouTube video called good. Um, and he's like, broke your ankle. Good. <laughs> Didn't get the promotion. Good. And he goes through this litany of things where he's like, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Good. So now you got to dig in. You got to fight harder. You got to give more or you can quit. (laughs) I love it. And it's just real. I mean, it's a high speed shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it is incredibly useful. Yeah. It's incredibly useful for the the mind of a man now i want to differentiate this right and i want to go back to what we had talked about earlier about hero victim never the villain right i think for men often we put ourselves in kind of a victim role i don't think we do it intentionally mm-hmm. but it's like my wife is always mean to me or she doesn't have sex with me as much as I want to have sex or whatever those kinds of things are. We, we, we mm. can kind of have a tendency to get into that. Oh, poor me. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, and I don't mean that with the intent that we just want to be in a place of self pity. That's not our intent, but unfortunately that's where that path takes us. Mm -hmm. And then we just get in this position of just kind of helplessness and powerlessness. And it's like, fuck man, nothing ever goes away. Just all I try, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. 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 And, and even by taking responsibility, we might not be able to change what's going on but we can change our perspective of it um, and just change how we respond to that. But agreed. But I think where the key is, right, is that when I give up the power, right, when I blame, it's your fault. It's done. Yeah, yeah. Because if the other person doesn't change, you're just stuck there. Right? Yeah. And now I'm now I'm in a position of trying to control something I can't control, which is you. Mm-hmm. But if I do just assume it's 100% my fault. I really do have an infinite number of options mm-hmm. that I can use to intervene to try and change the situation. And if this one doesn't work, well, then I'm, as Thomas Edison said, every failure is one step closer to success. That is a fucking brilliant mindset. Uh-huh. But when you're in that victim place, right, then we personalize everything God, I suck. I can't do anything to make. And again, mm. I'm not saying that in a judgmental sort of way. I'm saying that because the mind of men, we often get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And then we just feel so fucking powerless. Mm-hmm. And then it's like our our wives are married to a little boy. Mm-hmm. We feel like a little boy. And they're, Mommy, is it okay? No, fucking always ask me you, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. We don't feel like we have something powerful to contribute to our kids. You know, it's yeah. just kind of like, 
whatever. Get your goddamn grades up. Clean your room. Like, how many times I got to tell you make your bread? When are you going to take that fucking trash out? B, is that as good as you could do? You know, we just yeah. start to become this really sort of toxic, negative sort of victim-y way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. And that's different, right, than being present. Because mm -hmm. we can be fully present and we can be fully delusional. So we're there, but we don't have any idea of the reality. And it sounds like we can actually get it very distorted, you know, by not taking responsibility. Well, and I think the first assumption is it is distorted. Oh, right, right. You know, it, yeah. it's, I see the world the way that I see the world, which is dictated by oh. every experience that I've ever had. Yeah. Which I had no control over. Right. And so I don't see the world the way that it is. And you don't see the world the way that it is. And, and that's why I think feedback loops are so important. That's why I think the number one question that any man can ask another man and should do it as frequently as possible is, what's it like to be on the other end of me mm -hmm. and give me the last 10%. Don't give me the 90% that you're comfortable telling me. Give me the 10% that you're like, I ain't fucking saying this because yeah. that's the part that I need to hear. Yeah, yeah. And I have to have that. You know, I've got... How many favorite quotes? We should keep a list of oh. Jeff's favorite quotes. I know. All right, this is 1B. Okay, go 1A, on. truth is like a fine wine, it has a taste yeah. that does not appeal to children. 1B is the eye cannot see itself. Yeah, I knew that was in there. The eye will, the, the eye will never see itself. It can only see a reflection of itself. Yeah. And as men who want to grow, we have to get as much reflections back of who we are. And it's not that any, when I ask you for that feedback, Greg, what's it like to be on the other end of me, right? You see me the way that you see me. Mm -hmm. It's not like you see me perfectly, mm -hmm. but you do see some aspects of me better than I see myself. So I'm going to have to dig through for those perspectives. Yes, yes. And here's the thing. That the highest value of that exercise is learning not to take things personally. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's like, it ain't about my fucking feelings. It's, I asked you for feedback. I'm going to take the feedback. I'm not going to pout about it. I'm not going to get all butthurt. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to do the work of really considering what parts of those feedback is true. Mm -hmm. The part that hurts the most is the one. That's the most true. Yeah, yeah. The one that you're most inclined to say, well, that's bullshit, is probably the one that you most need to hear. Yeah. And even if you could say, you know, that, I think I could argue that that's not a true uh, assessment that you made of me, I can still say that's what you felt. So I, I can take some responsibility for that. And there's something in there that is true. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's just, oh, yeah. So that's the, and that's what I mean by learning to not take things personally mm -hmm. is it really doesn't matter. I don't care. The only thing that I want to do is the information that you're giving me. I just want to filter through that fiercely. And I want to find those parts. And when I go through one, it's like, shit, mm -hmm. that Greg's an asshole. Oh, I asked him for this feedback. He's not being an <laughs> asshole. That's what I really needed to hear. Yeah, I think one time I told you that and you ended our conversation. <laughs> Just like, that's over. Was it the Corvette time? Yeah, or? yeah. Well, that's, that is factually true, but oh. I didn't get it at the time. Okay. <laughs> you don't remember that? 
Well, I knew it took you a while to process it. It took me several days to be like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> I was just trying to be helpful. And it was. It was like, God, that is like one of the most useful things that anyone has ever said to me. All right. And it's like, <laughs> wow. But it, it just, and I will tell you, the, the, the resistance to push it away. Oh, yeah. And I can do that, bro. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm a fucking therapist. That's right. That's right. So I can I can in a hurry make a litany of reasons why Greg is wrong or feedback is invalid. Yeah. But those are just my defense mechanisms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just I I have to call myself on my own bullshit because when I get feedback that I don't want to hear, like I can go deep into some psychoanalytic shit yeah, about yeah. and it's like, huh. Okay. I'm doing that because I don't want to deal with this part of myself. Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, the more forces we draw to bear on trying to push back that what we don't want to hear, it's like that's probably what we need to hear the most. So that would be a good little mechanism to realize that's what you're doing. Yes, and yeah. the first step in that is learning to not take things personally. Okay, data is just data. It's, yeah. It's just, it's, it's not good data. It's not bad data. It's just, okay, this is information. Mm -hmm. What information is valuable to me? What information is not valuable to me? Yeah. And, and you've got to sort through that even in a, a, a casual situation with your, with your spouse, they might make a comment and you might want to say, well, that's not true. Or you might, might want to defend it. It's, it's just a stray thing, but no, there's something to be learned there. Like don't take it personally, for instance, or, or for one thing. And and second, what am what is she trying to communicate? Right, you know, it, it may not have anything to do with what she just said. Right. And that's and I will tell you that that's one of the a lot of things. But the real beauty of like of a, a living, breathing marriage mm -hmm. is when a couple gets that mm -hmm. that you have your perspective and I have my perspective. And rather than getting in the power struggle over whose perspective is the right perspective and whose perspective is the mm -hmm. wrong perspective, when we start to understand things from each other's perspective, yeah. then our view and understanding of the world increases exponentially. And then don't try to argue that. It's like that's how they perceive that. It's like, okay, well, given that, I can work with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's exact easier said than done, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's simple, not easy. Yeah. But when when they get there and they start to see that, and they're not threatened by each other's perspective, and they're able to consider that, and then really celebrate it and leverage in their relationship, it's like the depth and meaning of their relationship. It's just fucking powerful. It's yeah. awesome to watch. Yeah. It sounds like that would allow for much more vulnerability. Where you're not Hell yeah. afraid to say like, something. Completely. I mean, yeah. imagine that, right? If I knew with 100% certainty, the only response was, help me understand that better. Yeah. Then you could help somebody, someone could help you work out your thoughts, or you could do that for somebody so you don't have to get it right the first time. And then it goes, and which, you know, we did an episode, several episodes back on secrets. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And those little parts of ourselves that we just keep concealed mm -hmm. because fear of reaction to that. And it's, it's, I mean, when there's, when there's that level of true intimacy in a relationship, 
That makes marriage worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, fuck. <laughs> You're, oh, that's bad. Minutes become hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, uh, kind of tie this together so we can see about how to deal with um, these. I'm on that. I can't tie this. <laughs> oh, that's true. What am I talking about like, here? <laughs> I can't even tie my shoes right now. <laughs> okay. I don't even know if I can reach my shoes. All right. All right. So I'll try. Here we go. I'm focused really hard. <laughs> so we want a guy to be present, uh, but we also want him to, when he finds he's drifting, you know, to get back. But if he's in a drift that causes him to not take responsibility for something, either because he wants to deny it, you know, to, to be the, the victim uh, or to not be the villain kind of thing. It's like, I, I mean, what, what's some um, tools to get out of that, to get back to, you know, I am who I am and I know what my purpose is and let's keep moving with this moment. Well, and I, I the number one tool is friendship, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't have a shortcut for okay. it. Okay. I uh, mean, just guys need friends yeah and and they need to know how to be friends yeah and they know how to be need to know how to be emotionally supportive of each other Mm -hmm. and that's that is so difficult Mm -hmm. for us for the reasons that we have talked about and in our friendships oftentimes we because of how much we struggle emotionally and psychologically, oftentimes our friendships are left to just hedonistic kinds of things. Yeah. You yeah. know, we'll go play golf or we'll watch sports or we'll go get some drinks together. Now, I do all of those things and I will continue to do all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we got to take them beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Like really asking each other, like, how are you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And being fine is okay. I mean, you know, I'm doing pretty good, whatever. But just genuinely being in, interested in how each other's doing. Yeah. And reciprocating that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like, we don't have to, I, when I say that, it's not like a fucking AA meeting. No, Greg, really? How are you? You know, if you don't have some enormous pathology, then you're not like meaningfully engaged, you know, it's just like, no, I really want to know, like, how are things going? What's up with you? What are you excited about? What are you pissed off about? Those kinds of things. I mean, that's just, that, that would be our ultimate trump card if we could just leverage it. Yeah. And you, you have to set up that space for that to happen, you know, which is why I find it odd that that could happen over uh, drinks and a cigar, <laughs> you know, just oh, be- can yeah, because you, you set the time up where it's like, Hey, we're not in a rush. We're just talking here, you know? And then so that, that space is developed where you can, you can get there and you have to validate it. Um, you know, one of my favorite books of all times is Covey's seven habits, of highly effective people. Um, it, I just, it's like, I don't even know why people still write books. It's like, that was pretty <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> you can stop now. Yeah, like, <laughs> it can be done. Anyway, seventh habit, though, is sharpening the saw. And uh, people struggle with this, right? Especially in the demands of our modern society. And, mm-hmm. you know, where our children are demigods and we invest so much in their lives and they're in so many fucking activities. And sorry, the little... Tina's probably not going to go pro and John's yeah. probably not going to be a professional musician. Um, but go ahead and spend countless numbers of hours and dollars on that. And, yeah. it, you know, you have, as a father, 
as a man, you have to fight for that space. You have to validate it. Yeah. And the, the seventh habit is sharpening the saw. You got to take time to sharpen the blades. If I sharpen the blades, then I'm going to be exponentially more effective. So we already struggle with work-life balance, right? So we're already conflicted in that. So the last fucking thing we think we should do is take time to sharpen the saw. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have to take time to sharpen the saw. Yeah. We have to take time to do some hedonistic sorts of things. I'm not, you know, that pleasure is important, but it's, we're not getting a return on that pleasure if we're not connecting in a meaningful sort of way. So, you know, I've, I've noticed like with my relationship with my granddaughter, she is very uh, willing and, and does this a lot to share her, her feelings. Like they just come out. You know, because she knows that I want to hear that, you know, and she doesn't. And then if there's a, uh, if I have to make a correction in her behavior, <laughs> she doesn't take that personally. So if if we could just transfer those two things in our man-to-man relationships, like I'm not going to take personally what happens here. And second, I know that you care about what I'm about ready to say, you know, and, and I can just try out anything, you know, I mean, she has no inhibition about what she wants to tell me about how she's feeling, you know? Yeah. And, and not taking things personally. I mean, that's, you know, it's what we call a soft skill and it has to be learned. You know, Mm -hmm. we do have to learn if you back to, you know, previous episode where we talked about the illusion of self, right. Mm -hmm. That I am this person. I've been a rat in a maze that's been getting pellets. I've been a good boy, bad boy, good boy, bad boy. It's like our developmental continuum has mostly been geared to take things personally. Yeah. And so for some people, but it's been positive, you know, it's like, ah, that Mark, that dude, he's (laughs) just, so Mark thinks his shit doesn't stink. Guess what, Mark? Shit stinks, bro. (laughs) So that can go off in either direction, back to what we talked about, hero, victim, never the villain, right? So we have to kind of maintain that perspective of the the differentiation between the two, but it's a soft skill that we have to learn, okay? Don't take it personally. Don't take, and don't take praise too personal. Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, it's like, (laughs) in... When I first started doing therapy, and I I, I believed my press clippings, right? <laughs> okay. Wow, Jeff, you're you're awesome, man. That was so helpful. You've changed my life. Mm-hmm. I am awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, it lasts about two weeks, and I'd say something would piss them off, and yeah. then they're like, "You've ruined my life," and I'm like. That's another thing uh, that you taught me <laughs> about giving the power to someone uh, to, to give you praise because it's so dangerous because then their criticism is equally oh, as yeah. valid. And yeah. I've, I've turned down praise from, from clients that we've had uh, in the man, aerospace manufacturing world because I knew they were jerks <laughs> and I knew that whatever praise they were giving was for some other reason. And it's like, you know, I'm not hearing that because on the next conference call, you're going to be criticizing me. The pendulum swings, right? Yeah. Yes. And so you, if it swings, the high, if it, it swings as low as it swings <laughs> high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, what's so funny to me is like when, when you hear people talk about like a nice person, that's so so is so nice, <laughs> yeah. and it's like when I hear somebody about like that, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and they can flip 
their shit <laughs> because the pendulum swings as high as it does low. <laughs> yeah. There's a little extra ball scratcher for you, right, nice right. people out there. <laughs> I know your freaking game. <laughs> well, did I did I tie shoes at least, or did I tie anything up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think at least uh, at least we know you know stay present, and if we find ourselves drifting, we know ways to get back. Uh, and then one little caveat I need to throw out this this uh, present and drift idea is not something that happens every once in a while during the day. It's happening every few seconds, uh, every nanosecond. <laughs> every yeah. na- okay, I mean it's <laughs> yeah. pull it back to pull it back, pull it back to focus, pull it back to focus. Yeah. Okay. So we wouldn't want to start the show with that, but we'll end it with that to give right. the guy the idea that there's some work involved. Yeah. Yeah, so I hope you make it through the rest of the day. Uh, if you need someone to drive you home, let me know. Yeah, I got a driver. Uh, apparently, you're not supposed to drive on this stuff, which <laughs> I think is solid advice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your input today, Jeff. I hope our listeners got something out of that. Yeah. And uh, give us your comments if you do. Check us out on Facebook, Becoming Man Made Today, or our website, just becomingmanmade.com. Cool.